If you had the chance, would you change the world? Welcome. I'm your host, Ebony Gustav, and this is Cooperative Journal, where I interview mutual aid initiatives and cooperatives from around the world who are creating alternatives to our current economic system. The Airbnb is a global cooperative that is a non-extractive alternative to existing home sharing platforms. They offer authentic and sustainable travel experiences while funding the development of socially relevant local community projects. In this episode, I interview co-founder Jonathan Reyes about the negative effects of Airbnb on communities, the model they've created to keep wealth circulating within local economies, how they are creating a cooperative ecosystem, and more. So hello, Jonathan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm looking forward to learning more about the Fairbnb model and how it's being utilized as an equitable alternative to Airbnb. So can you please explain Fairbnb's model and the inspiration behind its development? Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, first of all, uh, thank you very much for you know, for this opportunity, for this invitation. And uh, yeah, uh, well, the truth is that we uh, at Fairbnb.com we emerged more as a, at the beginning more as an answer to the all the problems that the current uh, vacation rental industry was creating in in many of our hometowns. So uh, we wanted to find an alternative to. Um, to stop or to reduce the effects that the the massive tourism and the and the so-called sharing economy platforms were creating, but we I wouldn't say that we are uh, just an alternative or we are against something that exists before because we are a different model. Um, our main three pillars are cooperativism, the involvement of local communities, and the sustainable tourism. And they are no? basically the, the three the three main things that define us. Cooperativism means that we are a cooperative. Uh, we were created as a cooperative since the very beginning. And so we are the workers, we are co-owners uh, of the product itself and we can participate in the governance. And the second pillar, as I mentioned, is the involvement of local communities. Uh, we really want um, to let the local communities define how the platform works in their cities. And we also have a model uh, that where the half of the revenues that we create goes to fund the social projects in the places where the, these revenues are created. No? And finally, we are promoting a, a sustainable tourism model uh, with our one host one home policies and with all the policies we have on transparency and collaboration with local administrations basically this is like in in general terms our our model no nice so how did it become developed where did the inspiration come from well as i was mentioning we at the beginning started more from an activist point of view at least in my case i was living in amsterdam in that moment and i could experience in my you know, in myself the the problems that the massive tourist model uh, was creating uh, at that moment in in my city uh, so we started thinking, hey, why don't going uh, beyond activism, why don't creating a real alternative platform? And then uh, we started working with different uh, local associations. 
And then we got an interview in a, in a very well-known uh, uh, newspaper. And uh, then we got in touch with many other people who were trying to do the same uh, from Barcelona, from different cities in Italy, and even uh, in Canada. So we decided, hey, let's merge all these ideas. Let's have different ideas, but just, but just one vision and start as a global project. And we did it uh, since the very beginning as a cooperative. We, def we decided to create a cooperative and, and start doing so. Um, well, it seems like the intention of Airbnb in the beginning was to really support um, locals um, by giving them the opportunity to share their homes while obtaining a source of income and giving visitors a more local experience. Can you explain what the increasing popularity of Airbnb has done to local economies instead? Um, well, I would like to repeat here that we are not, it's not that we are against Airbnb since the very beginning. We think that the, the idea at the beginning, of course, was good, no? But the, the problem from my point of view is the, the extractive approach uh, and the lack of real involvement of the, um, of the local communities and the local economies uh, in the model. No? So what happens from my point of view with the current uh, platforms is that uh, they are creating a, a, a dy some dynamics in the local economies that are totally disconnected from the local communities. So it's a model where many of the money that is created in a local, at a local level goes to a global platform somewhere in Silicon Valley or in other places, not taking into account the real needs and the real economy and dynamics of the territory that is being, uh, is being exploited. No? So I, th I really think that the, the way or the, yeah, the, the improvements that can be done, done are um, more in the, in the governance and the economic structure itself, no? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've seen how um, local towns have turned into really just like tourism attractions. So it doesn't even yeah. end up being a local experience anymore. Um, and that the cost of high housing increases as well because of um, multiple houses being put on the market on Airbnb. So it's hard for locals to even find housing. Yeah, the, well, the gentrification effects, no? and the, we also call them touristification directly because as you mentioned, it's, it's not that we are traveling anymore to visit a city or a, or a community, but we are visiting places that are really similar if you go to Barcelona or you go to Venice or you go wherever you go. No? And, and this is uh, some of the effects that the, the current model uh, has generated in many of our cities. No? Right, exactly. Can you explain what the sharing economy is and some of the voids within it? Well, we really, we always love to think and say that uh, we don't really believe in a sharing economy if it is not a cooperative economy. Because sometimes the so-called sharing economy platforms, uh, what have done is to take advantage of some gaps in local regulation to promote an even more extractive and, and predatory, I don't, I don't find the word in English, but no, more extractive economy, as I mentioned, 
And as I was mentioning before, in my point of view, it happens because because it totally forgets in the uh, in the way these economies are happening and the to involve the local communities and, and the already existing local dynamics. That's why, from our point of view, cooperatives are a, an answer to this. No, uh, really involving in the governance and in the economy, the local communities is the the key for us. I don't know if I answered the question, but. Uh, no, yeah, completely. Um, because it's kind of a misconception in the word sharing economy if it's only being shared amongst like intermediaries and not shared mm. amongst the communities themselves. Um, so can you speak more about how Fairbnb is contributing to a true sharing economy? Well, uh, the way we do it, um, and that's why I wanted to really stress the, the word cooperative, no? is through our cooperative uh, structure so and through our model. What we do is, uh, as other platforms does, what we do is to charge uh, a commission to uh, every booking that is uh, done through, through our platform. And this commission gets split in two parts. Half of it goes to fund local, local projects or, or where social community projects in the places where the revenues are made. So in this way, we are really sharing part of our revenues to foster and promote the social economies in the, in the places where we are present. And the other half of the commission, so the other half of the revenues we make, then they go to, of course, fund the, our activities as fairbnb.com. But from this part of the commission, it's not that we as a global platform uh, keep most of the revenues because most of, the, of this part of these revenues goes to fund our local partners. So what we are doing is to also create employment at a local level through our local partners who are the ones who support us finding the local projects to get funded, um, uh, getting in touch and, and or even making customer care with local hosts, supporting local travelers, dealing with local administrations. So for us, this is clue. We are, uh, as I mentioned, a global cooperative based in Bologna, but uh, we are currently uh, we are currently a workers' cooperative, but we are evolving to a multi-stakeholder cooperative, so we can include all the different stakeholders of our ecosystem in the cooperative structure. And so making hosts, guests, uh, local partners, everyone, part of our decision-making processes and of our economy. Have you guys started that yet? Have you started involving um, the, alter the alternate stakeholders in the decision-making process? Because I'm curious how that would work. Well, uh, we are currently, uh, if you see our bylaws, uh, we are a, a workers' cooperative. So the people who is really voting in our assembly are just workers and also investors. But the investors, we also have investors, but the difference is that the vote, uh, the voting right of investors is limited to the 33% of the total of the assembly. So even if we have many, many investors, even more than workers, their, their total vote, votes are uh, the 33%. We are currently uh, adding, a, like right now, we are uh, redoing our bylaws to include uh, guests uh, as as other kind of part of uh, sorry of um, member of class member of the cooperative, 
And we are currently also working with potential national partners to evolve to this idea of a global cooperative where in this global cooperative we have national partners and then these national partners are working to create a national cooperative. So it would be like a cooperative of cooperatives of cooperatives till mm -hmm. to, from the global to the local level. No? And we are right now working on this. That's very interesting. And so how do your local partners also help to um, evolve Fairbnb in different parts of the world? Well, the, the truth is that they are our engines. I mean, we wouldn't exist without the network of local partners and, and people who is really supporting us everywhere. Um, what, what we do is, well, uh, Sometimes they get in touch with us and then we know each other and we always are very based on trust. So knowing each other, understanding if we are sharing values and everything. And sometimes we look for partners there where we want to be present. But basically what happens is um, these local partners or ambassadors, we call them also, we, we have an agreement with them, we sign an agreement and we share part of the revenues created at a local level with them, and they have some first missions. Uh, and among these missions, uh, the first of them is to get in touch with the local administration and try to understand local regulation uh, to really be compliant with, uh, no, with regulation. Uh, another one of the first missions is to map the first potential social projects to include them in the, in the platform. So the projects that will get uh, funded from the platform and then uh, another one of the first missions is to um, find the first uh, fair hosts or the first small bnbs in the city or in the territory so uh, having this we create like the conditions to start a, a, a node and then from there uh, they, the idea is that they grow uh, the activity grows and then little by little, uh, the idea is to create local cooperatives to uh, involve and, and employ more and more people at a local level. Wow. So currently, you guys are only in certain cities. And since you started talking about the process of developing Fairbnb in other cities, um, can you speak about what cities currently offer accommodation through Fairbnb? Yeah, mm, sure. We are uh, currently in, in few cities because we were in like this um, test uh, phase. Now we were testing how it works in different pilot cities. And they are Amsterdam, Barcelona, Bologna, Genoa, Granada, Marsella, Porto, Valencia, and Venice. We are mainly in Europe, uh, these cities. But uh, at the same time, we are working with um, more than 30 cities around the world. We are currently uh, working with the, these ambassadors, creating the agreements and, and as I mentioned, no, setting these first activation missions. And at the same time, we are also uh, talking to other kind of partners to try to activate uh, countries, like uh, go a bit faster and, and activate countries. So through these national partners, we will activate also in those countries, the different cities. No? And this is uh, the phase where we are. We are now, uh, for us, it's important to go beyond this pilot cities model and, and be present in more, in 
¿no? en, en, at a more global scale. Wow, that's amazing. I hope you guys come to the States soon. Yeah. <laughs> Is the process difficult um, to onboard new cities? Do you get pushback from local governments? Well, um, the, well, the process, of course, we are learning a lot no, in this whole process. But for us, uh, what is crucial is, as I mentioned at the beginning, to really build a, a trust, to build trust uh, with the ambassadors. So, um, and also to share, to understand that we share values, that we share a vision. And also there is a lot of um, learning uh, or co-learning in this process. No? We learn a lot from ambassadors to understand the local context. And we also share with them a lot of the knowledge that we get from other cities. You asked about the process. For us, there is a, a word that is, is super important for us, and this word is community. What we are doing is to really create a community of ambassadors, a global community. And our goal is to really create a strong know-how that is shared inside this community. So for example, something that is learned in Barcelona can be also useful for someone in New York. Maybe not, but it's important that the community is there that we create a common ground of values and, and a vision. And, for, and that's why for us, the, this process is crucial. And we are creating now what we call a Airbnb Academy, where we can really train, not, notice, that, notice that us train the ambassadors, but the community itself is training the new ambassadors. And no? so this is the process we are creating. Talking about the process, this is super important for us. And yeah, this is, I don't know if you have other question in this sense. Yeah, that is a brilliant model um, to create this peer-to-peer uh, -peer learning between people that are a part of the cooperative, um, especially as you're creating a model that is so new. It's important that um, newer ambassadors learn from ones that have already been doing it for a while and figuring out what can be applicable in their community. And I also think it's so important that you guys aren't just going into communities and trying to push a model or in a way that may not be effective for them. You're really speaking to people within that community itself to figure out what works best for them. Exactly. They are the ones who, who do it, no? with, with our help, of course. So will the Fair B&B Academy only be for ambassadors or will it be for uh, worker owners um, within the co-op as well? Well, that's a, indeed a super good question. And of course, for the workers, and I mean, there is, it will be or it is already being but even if we still don't have like the whole structure we are already doing it it is already uh, useful for for the ambassadors but also for the for the workers themselves but also there is something that for us is really important and is that when you have a community uh, this can and, and you have an active community that is built by on trust it can go really uh, beyond so we are also talking and it's something that of course is in a very early stage um, what we call thematic nodes. We have the local nodes, like you know, the territory-based, like in a specific place, but we also are already understanding that inside this geographic community, there, are, there is a lot of people who share uh, interests, who share knowledge, 
who, for example, want to understand how to make it more sustainable or who are interested in data and tourism or uh, social impact evaluation tools, these kind of things. And what we are already starting to do also is to connect these people to create a more global and interest-based communities. Uh, so yeah, we are like, it, there's a lot of stuff we are doing, but uh, always based on the community. Interesting. So it ends up being uh, like a Skillshare platform as well. <laughs> yeah, we really think it could be something like this. But of course, we go step by step and, and we still need to build uh, many, many things in this process. But yeah, we are already testing these this kind of things. Well, I think my favorite thing about the model is the way the commission is being used. Um, so half of it goes to local projects within the community itself. Can you speak about some examples of local social projects that guests can choose to contribute half of their booking fee to? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, um, we also here it's important to say and to clarify that these projects are uh, selected by the local communities because, as I mentioned, no, the idea is that there is where the knowledge is. It's not that we define the projects, but we also we always like to to say that we like to privilege uh, projects that are related to access to the housing, uh, social inclusion, also heritage in some cities. Um, so, and also of course we have um, a very specific condition, uh, which is important, and is that they must be uh, projects that have a positive impact on a community. I mean, cannot be a project that is good for one person, no? Uh, and, and that's it. We really want to promote uh, communities. And we have different kind of projects. For example, we in Venice, we have a local association uh, whose goal is organizing uh, cleaning days and activities to um, to protect the the heritage in the city because Venice uh, is a very specific city with a lot of problems of uh, to maintain their heritage. But for example, in in Amsterdam, we have a I, I never know, know how to pronounce it, but it's Blau and Grey. I think is the well, it's a, a Dutch name, and it's a, a a women association to to empower immigrant women through through different uh, economic activities and also uh, social activities. And then also we have in, in Bologna Foreign Sisters project, which is also quite similar to the one in Amsterdam. It's a, a project for women who, who are uh, well, refugees women and women who are seeking asylum and, and need a basic digital culture. And this project is supporting them on, on this now. We are always trying to support this kind of, of project, no? but always very open to the suggestions be, made by the local. No? I'm curious how that process um, goes about as well. So would people in the community propose projects or would the people that are doing the projects themselves propose it to Fairbnb? And then how is it voted upon? Well, there are always many, like many doors or many ways to enter. We have a, in our website a, a section or a page uh, dedicated to projects. So you as a project, 
even if your city is not active or, no, or we are not present there, you can propose yourself as a project. And then, of course, if the city starts having activity, we privilege these projects and put them in touch. And then it's also the other side, no? the other way around. We have the, the local ambassadors and they uh, can involve uh, other local partners and propose uh, different projects. And then uh, we can do both. And of course, it's not that you have one project per city. Uh, you can have many, many projects. We always, of course, want to um, be realistic. So uh, if there are few hosts or few uh, or not too much activity in the city, we prefer to have a few projects at the beginning. But then you as a, as a traveler, you can decide which project to fund and also visit them, of course, and get in touch with them. That's really... Um bringing the local experience back to what a share housing platform is supposed to do. Um, and, and I think it's also important because people in the community are now going to fight to keep Airbnb around, whereas not to downplay Airbnb, but a lot of people in communities are kind of um, angry with them and they are trying to mm. push them out or limit their access within the community. But because um, you guys are creating this reciprocal relationship between the work that you're doing and the community, I think that um, people will definitely want to keep you around. And hopefully that'll just create a ripple effect for other cities around the world. Um, because they'll see the impact that you're having. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I I really hope that that happens, no, in this way. And and again, there the community is crucial for us. Uh, we see that uh, once you start being active and making some noise in in a place or in a small city in, inside a country, uh, then uh, it starts happening in other cities inside the same place, and where we are, we are really looking forward to to it, no. It's definitely um, using power for good, <laughs> using yeah. the global power because you have people coming from all over the world into this community and it's really creating more access to support and funding for people in the community without them having to compromise their heritage. Yeah, and of course, because I I told it at, at the beginning, you know, the, the project emerged as a, from collaboration and from cooperative approach. We were already some people doing very similar things in different cities. And we really think that uh, we really understand this project as a network. And as an, also we say sometimes as an organic movement or, or from the organic growth approach, you know. Uh, so it's not that we go to a city and we we decide, hey, Airbnb needs to be there. We always look for partners. We always see if it makes sense there and we connect. More than growing, we say that we connect and the network grows by connecting with other existing partners. Yes, exactly. It's like little tentacles all <laughs> exactly. over. <laughs> yeah. So... One of the cooperative principles is cooperation among cooperatives. And since you started talking about um, how it's a collaborative effort, I'm curious to know how you're collaborating or intend to collaborate with other cooperatives. Well, we 
Uh, we have a, I must say that one of our um, main areas inside the company is called a co-op ecosystem. So we really dedicate part of our resources on strengthening our cooperative approach and getting in touch with other cooperatives. And that's why, as I mentioned before, we are uh, trying to evolve to a multi-stakeholder cooperative. What we do is, um, as I was saying, uh, trying to replicate what we already do or what we already learn in different countries uh, in our new destinations, always uh, from the cooperative approach. So, for example, as I mentioned before, we are considering this idea of national nodes and starting to see how to activate entire countries, but always from the cooperative approach. So creating a national cooperative that supports us to activate the whole um, country by connecting with different local uh, stakeholders in the different cities. So basically what we do is to replicate the cooperative structure at all the different levels, no? So do you also work with co-ops um, in terms of like marketing and things like that as well that you need help with? Um, well, what, are, what we are doing now is uh, as a global cooperative, uh, we are, well, we have our uh, employees, I am one of them, but yeah, we really, of course, want to privilege uh, already existing cooperatives for marketing, for example, for the product development, for all the different um, activities we do inside the project. But it's, it's something that, as I mentioned, we are still young and we are we are doing so no? yeah so fair b and b would kind of be it would kind of evolve into an association essentially where you'll have this broader co association that helps out the co smaller cooperatives in different cities is that kind of what you guys are envisioning well part of it um, as I mentioned before, we are in the middle of this discussion of the multi-stakeholder cooperative model. And what we understood, and that's why I was talking about the Fair VMB Academy, is that in a way, what will happen probably is that we as a central uh, organization uh, will be more useful to support, to give support, to give training to other, other structures, other national and local structures, but what we would really love is that we become more a kind of facilitators. And as I mentioned before, even if someone from Barcelona can bring some knowledge or experience to someone in New York, it's not that we need to be always in the middle. It's just that we create the kind of the infrastructure and facilitate the process to make it happen. No? And yeah, this is the, the way or the path we are following now. It reminds me of... Um, I did an interview with something called the Arismendi Association. Uh, it's based in California, but I would recommend that you look them up because they have different cooperatives under this association. So it's various bakeries, uh, construction cooperative and landscape design, um, but they provide support to these cooperatives. They don't try to um, push any one model amongst them, but they support them and they also um, give new cooperatives internships with ones that have already been established 
So mm. it's really um, a network of support and peer-to-peer learning that they've created. Um, and they were really inspired by the Mondragon um, model. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know Mondragon, they are here in Spain, no? Yes. We are in touch also with them. Yeah, of course, we, there is a lot uh, we can learn from each other. No? Yeah. But, sorry, can you repeat the, the name of this project? Yeah, Ariz Mendy. So A-R-I-Z-M-E-N-D-I Association. Okay. Yeah, and you can also um, look on my website. I did an interview with them. Okay, okay, awesome. I will do Um, And what I really like about that model and even the one that you guys are creating is that it's not just this small local co-op. Like in the interview that I had with Tim, uh, who was one of the founders, he was saying that people have this idea that uh, small is good and big is bad, but that small can actually be something that is marginal and it and it doesn't um, give inspiration to something that can be large and sustainable and a true alternative. Because if we're going against these big corporations and we're trying to create a sustainable alternative, then we also have to create things that are big that can, not that competition is the main drive, but people will be more inclined to support something that they can see um, has longevity. And when, and I know like, even for me, when I first started learning about co-ops, I would just think of, Oh, like your local food co-op, but I'm realizing that there's a cooperative alternative for everything. um, And that we really should be developing bigger cooperatives that are cooperating with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we really love this uh, approach, this networked approach, no? Like connecting, connecting and making it visible. We always also use this word, uh, global, no? Uh, this idea of being global, but uh, privilege, giving privilege to the local and making more visible the local in the global. No? It's like both, both sides, no? Not just from, from the global to the local, but also the opposite. Like you said, uh, we really can learn a lot from very small initiatives and projects and somewhere around the world but we really need to make it visible and to connect it with the rest no i love that word glocal because (laughs) it it's like an alternative to globalization because when people think of globalization they just think of extraction and it just going into the hands of a few larger stakeholders but glocal it's really creating this more circular economy so and especially with the internet it's like we are globally connected, but how can mm-hmm. we be globally connected in a way that's still supporting um, local economies? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the challenge, no? And that's why that's what we are trying to do. So, yeah. exactly. Um, so, I'd love to learn more about how you function as a cooperative. Um, so, for these members, what would you say? are the benefits for each of the type of members that you plan to have? Uh, well, 
Now we, uh, as I mentioned before, we are just uh, now workers, investors, and and try are are trying to or are right now in the process of uh, including uh, travelers, no guests. Uh, as workers, what happens now is workers can vote in the assembly, so can vote the the board of directors and, and all these things, uh, and also the investors can do this. But as I mentioned, investors. Can vote, uh, their vote is limited to a 33%. Our idea is to include in this global structure also national partners, and uh, some, sometimes also regional or local partners, who will also vote and, and, and for the board of directors. And uh, in the in this, and then this is the, like the global structure. From our point of view, the board of directors should be. Uh, composed or, or, or should leave space also to these national partners so, or, or some representants, no? So we can have a voice from the workers, uh, we can have, um, uh, and we can have also the, the different partners. Uh, and then what we are planning is that the national, the national cooperatives uh, replicate a kind of or this uh, similar structure, but including probably the hosts. So I don't know if the difference is clear. In the global structure, you have the travelers who are always moving and who can be global, and they can also vote in the assembly. And probably the travelers will have also some time of some kind of discounts or some kind of advantages by being part of the cooperatives. And then in the national cooperatives and the local cooperatives, you have the hosts. So it's like, uh, and then it's very important to understand that the for us the global structure. Um, is the one that has the technology and that and then uh, supports uh, implementing it for the national uh, structures. I don't know if it is clear because I'm probably making a mess, but I can, um, I can maybe it, yeah, maybe just some more clarification on the difference between the global and national structures and how those communicate with each other. Yeah, well, we have the global that has the ownership of the technology. So this is very important, no? And that it has, from our point of view, this all this knowledge and this know-how to train or facilitate the local and national structures. And then, again, the global has the technology, uh, all the know-how, and supports the national ones. And, and then the national ones uh, has the workers, uh, the local partners from the different cities and the hosts. Okay. So the okay. difference is that in the global you have technology and guests who are present everywhere, and in the locals and nationals you have the local people who is working, so on marketing, on customer care, all these things, and then uh, you have the the hosts who are present in the territory. That's the difference. Okay. And then the na so the national. Can you explain more of what the national does? The national structure. What they do is uh, basically is the work we are doing now from the global cooperative, but we want to make it national and more connected to the territory. The national. What they uh, will do, because as I mentioned, is something we are still working on. They will coordinate the local nodes in inside their city. The sorry, their country. That's very interesting. Um, so do you foresee 
um, you moving into cities outside of Europe in the near future, or are you focusing just on Europe right now? Uh, no, no, we foresee, of course, moving uh, outside of Europe, and indeed we are really open to collaboration and to new uh, interested partners uh, or lo local communities. We are uh, mainly in Europe now, but we are already working with potential uh, ambassadors and partners in, in Australia, Canada, uh, uh, many of them also in Latin, Amer in Latin America. And, and this is it. And we have had some conversations uh, with some interested people in the USA, but we are, of course, super open and would, re would love to, to have um, partners and interested people joining us. No? So how do you become a local ambassador? Yeah, um, well, the way we have a... a an area inside the a department inside the co company, which is called community activation. And what they do basically is to, uh, well, to receive the people who is interested in becoming a, a partner or an ambassador, or we call them, or also to look for them when we want to, to activate a place. And this, uh, this community team, what they do is to support them in the process of becoming an ambassador, in the process of activating a, a local node, and then what they do is to to follow this training we can we can call it to understand how to how to complete the different missions. And these missions, as I as I said before, are very simple at the beginning. Are like uh, understanding regulation, finding the first projects, finding the first host, and starting the first uh, the first marketing activities at a local level. So if someone wants to become a local ambassador. How would they get in contact with community activation? Well, we have um, a, a form in the in our website, and they can also, of course, write to community at to to get in touch. But if you go to our website and you go to get involved, uh, you will see that it's also really simple because you see start a local node, and and you can just. Uh, click and start the, the adventure. <laughs> Perfect. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes for people that are interested in getting involved. Awesome. So what would you say are some of the challenges of developing and sustaining Fairbnb? Well, um, we have had a lot, of course, and we still have them, um, even if we have all this energy. and But... Uh, at the beginning, well, I must say, probably you know it even better than me, that being a cooperative is, is not always super easy. You know? It's like you really need to learn a lot, to discuss a lot, to, you know, to really... It's a, a learning process where you need to really learn uh, to delegate a lot, to, lis to, to listen in a more active way to the rest of the people, you know, to really uh, collaboratively build uh, something. And this is something that uh, at the beginning was quite challenging, but uh, we are very happy from the results because we are now, I think we are now based on trust. And this is the, what we built in this process. Um, of course, then the COVID uh, has been, uh, is a big challenge because the, the industry has stopped, but at the same time, 
we see it as an opportunity to really rethink the model and to maybe push Airbnb more as, a, as an alternative. And of course, we, we have had or we are having uh, the problem with the resources. But the, the good news here is that uh, as this organic network I was mentioning, um, while when creating agreements and partnerships with uh, partners, many of them also uh, are small investors who become part of the cooperative, who bring some resources. So while growing uh, or while bringing new ambassadors or new partners, we also uh, have more resources to, to, to continue creating the, the project. But yeah, I would say those were the challenges. You know, at the beginning, the, the team and really building the cooperative approach together. And, and then uh, like uh, many other projects probably have, is a term of resources, visibility, explaining our model and, and that's it. And that's where we are now. Yeah, I know how difficult it can be to create a cooperative model because that's not something that we're taught. It's it's something that's very new. We aren't taught yeah. to work together, to really actively listen and understand each other and to constantly make compromises um, to make sure that it's in the best interest of everyone. Like when we think of teamwork, it's really um, just this, um, top-down type of exactly. work that we're getting. Um, so to have everyone in one room have the same power and agency, um, it's it's really difficult to navigate that. Yeah, and it's like, I, I think sometimes we have had uh, many of these discussions with colleagues, no? We, I think like the 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 projects, the, the, the juridic structures are evolving, no? the, the governance models are evolving very fast, but we people, we uh, uh, have been growing and learning in a, in, a, in a capitalist system with a very specific values, uh, very focused sometimes on the individual, and we, we don't know how to work in such an environment. And sometimes what I see is that it's more a, a, a personal or an individual thing that needs to be like reshaped and, and we need like to start from the beginning learning how to interact with people. And that's awesome. I would say that's really awesome, but it's not uh, always super easy, no? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if we're really trying to create a sharing ecosystem, which is an ecosystem that allows everyone to thrive, Oh, it's so important that we learn to work collectively yeah. because there's so much power in collectivism. Um, yeah, and, and I would say once you, I mean, it would be of course much more easy to just arrive there and knowing everything and being able to work in a cooperative way since the beginning. But it's not easy, but once you do it, you can see, and that's I am experiencing how everything is super fast and much, much more um, uh, fast and strong than uh, these top-down models, no? So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, there's more efficiency because people are building trust within each other. And if you have trust between each other and the model that you're working for, you're doing it, 
you're doing your work with more joy and it just happens more fluidly um, than if somebody is telling you everything that you need to do. Um, And um, also, I would love for you to speak more about what kind of support you're currently seeking for an expansion. Is there anything else you need other than ambassadors um, to really help drive this forward? Well, we uh, ambassadors are crucial for us no? to, to really support this organic growth. But we are, of course, open to every kind of stakeholder. So we really would love to connect with local administrations who are open to, to these kind of models and who really want to promote a more regenerative uh, tourism model in their cities in the post-COVID era to host uh, and people who really want to change their, or not more than change, I would say, protect uh, their neighborhoods uh, while they also promote tourism, but in a sustainable way. And travelers who, who want to, to travel in a, in a more uh, responsible and sustainable way. So we are really open to, to everyone. And from the cooperative, talking about co- cooperative ecosystem, uh, we really think that uh, collaborating uh, and exchanging, uh, exchanging knowledge and also resources with other existing cooperatives uh, is clue. Uh, it's key, sorry, for the, for the whole cooperative movement. So we would really love to get in touch and, and connect with the cooperative uh, environment uh, there in the States. And yeah, we are, so we are open to, to it. Yeah, I... There's two key things you said, regeneration and also when you were talking about some of the um, struggles that you're currently facing because of the pandemic, but you see that as an opportunity. And Mm -hmm. I also see the pandemic as an opportunity for regeneration. And I think that what you guys are doing is so important because it's allowing um, local communities to really thrive after um, losing a lot of resources in their local economy, especially as a lot of these places rely on tourism, um, but also just like everyday people, people that have been there um, before the pandemic and have been struggling, like the immigrant projects that you were talking about. um, I see this as an opportunity for people to come to other cities and really help bring back life. Because right now, a lot of places are struggling to thrive. Um, So I I see this as a really big opportunity for change. Sure. I mean, many things have stopped Uh, now in this uh crisis and this pandemic moment. And I think it's really the moment to rethink how we want to do uh, things and how what world we want to have in the now, in the present and in the future. And I really think it's the moment to put the focus on, uh, in the local economies and, and create more th- circular models uh, because we have learned a lot from, from what happened. No? I mean, if, if the world stops, uh, it's not that l- l- local communities depending on 
you don't know what uh, uh, global economies or global platforms cannot cannot do anything else, no? So I really think we need to reshape uh, the way we do economy, and and I think cooperative is the answer to it, no? Absolutely. Well, since you're talking about the future, how do you envision a changed world? Well, I think I, I more or less mentioned it. You know, I think the in terms of tourism, uh, we really need to understand that from my point of view, tourism was not the, the problem, but tourism can be as a, a regenerative tool to create positive impact and enrich local communities. And, and as I mentioned, the, the cooperative structure is the, is the best tool we have to, to do it, to give ownership to local communities and to really create employment and, and richness and wealthy and wealth in the in the communities and again talking about traveling uh, i really hope we do it in a more sustainable way and and we understand that traveling is not just visiting places but also supporting uh, communities local communities who live in those places and we really need to protect and to and to promote it no yeah definitely i feel like I get the most joy when I'm traveling, when I'm actually communicating with the local people and experiencing life in the same way that they experience life rather than going to a resort or just going to a, a place for the beach or, or whatever it is. It's like you end up being siloed and mm. you could be anywhere in the world then. You can go anywhere to any beach and if it's all about the culture that you get in a place that makes the experience what it is, that makes it unique. Yeah, and also, uh, I remember, I don't know if maybe, uh, well, I was too too young, but I have even in my memory, nice uh, memories of uh, traveling as an, as an exchange. I mean, as bringing something to a place and as receiving something from a place, from somebody who belongs to another culture. And I really think that uh, we can make it, uh, we can really promote and, and, and foster it, you know? traveling as, a, as, as an exchange, as, as making us more, more um, rich or wealthy in terms of culture also, and, and of experiences and of human connections. No? So yeah. that, that's crucial for us. And that's uh, why for us, uh, I didn't mention it, but we always say that we have the digital platform or the digital technology, but doesn't make sense and doesn't work without, without the human technology or the whole community and the whole network we are building. Yes. I love the work that you guys are doing and I hope that I'm able to support in other ways hopefully people that listen to this podcast will become ambassadors and really promote the model and support it um, by using your platform as a place to stay when they travel so thank you so so much for sharing your knowledge with me and for all the work that you're doing to create a more regenerative economy Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and, and well, hope to keep in touch and, and yeah, and see other possibilities to collaborate. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm on a mission to get these little known solutions out to as many people as possible. 
So please help me by sharing, leaving a like, and a review. If you would like to stay in the loop about future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast or my newsletter at cooperativejournal.com. Because I didn't say save the world, I said change the world, improve it, make it better than we find it.